0: Dean here, Dill, present Fallon Fallon. Anyone Fallon? Yes, Simone? Um, he's sick. My best friend's sister's boyfriend, brother's girlfriend, her from this guy who knows this kid who's going out with this girl who saw Fallon pass out at the 31 Flavors last night. I guess it's pretty serious. Thank you, Simone. Welcome back to the Give Me Some Truth Studios at the corner of Glenway and Monroe for the inaugural Playoffs podcast edition of the Forwards Backwards Pod. No the, just Forwards Backwards Pod, Dan. What about just playoffs? Playoffs? Yeah, not the playoffs. Or practice. Or or practice? As always, I'm joined by the Ferris Bueller to my Cameron Fry, Dan Fallon. (laughs) Dan, are you ready to mess with Texas again?
1: Yeah, um, on the road, which we haven't messed as well with them down in, in Plano. Where I don't even know. Is it in Dallas? It's probably not in Dallas. But we haven't messed as, as well with them in Texas. We've done much better messing with them in Wisconsin. But um, got to be feeling pretty good after the run we've been putting together lately and uh, going to Lansing, a team that hadn't lost at home since, I believe, late April, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, let's go mess with them. Sounds good. We are not joined by Neil Hilvati this
0: week. Uh, He was last seen in the front of the Ford-Madison bus uh, directing them off Interstate 69 to get the team some celebratory high life, uh, the champagne of beers. If Neil did not get high life, he and I are going to have words afterwards. Uh, But if anyone has seen Neil, please, please let us know that he's safe and sound. Um, He was pretty excited there after the game. And then finally, we're going to let uh, our next guest talk for precisely 14 minutes and 59 seconds. (laughs) Uh, That would be Chris Fox of the Featherstone Flamingos and the Flock and one of our Capos as well. Uh, Why only 14 minutes and 59 seconds, Chris? No idea. (laughs) For once, I've left him speechless. I'm really proud of (laughs) him. I was going to say, Chris always has a comeback for Keith. Yeah. And finally, finally, I've left him speechless. uh, 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 Finally, we're joined by, as always, uh, finally twice. Yes, Dan, I see the confusion. (laughs) We're joined by producer Hannah, who once again is here to save us from ourselves. I should note as well, Hannah, that you're quite popular on Twitter. There are some producer Hannah Stan accounts out there. So you're making your way in the world. The no. question was, are they creepy? Are they creepy or they're not creepy? They're just really happy that I think we have two, you know, our, we two idiots
1: have a voice of reason. I think also the fact that, like, the only week you weren't here, there wasn't a podcast, so people fully understood, like, you're the glue holding this together. They're welcome. That was your welcome. That was their welcome.
0: They're welcome. They're welcome. So, uh, Let's get into the important questions. As I assumed, Dan, when I'm not there, everybody was really worried on the, uh, the bus trip to Lansing. 5 a.m., people were coming up to me, and, I, you know, I was like,
1: I don't sleep with the guy. I don't know. <laughs> where was Fallon? Uh, so nobody ever asks where you are. They're, you know, they, I think they just uh, enjoy talking to me, more or less. Um, where was Fallon? So um, my wife. Uh, it's actually a very complicated story involving sh- changing my alarm clock in the middle of the night. I and uh, so I literally woke up Saturday morning thinking it was four a.m. I only live about five minutes from Breeze, so I was gonna quick jump in the shower. I had my bag packed, so she was gonna take drop me off. I get in the shower, thinking it's four o'clock in the morning because um, we don't have an alarm. You know, use the phone. I don't. I didn't look at it. Get in the shower. Get out of the shower. And she's standing there, and she says, happy birthday. And uh, I said, oh, okay. my birthday is actually this coming Friday. And she holds up her phone, and there's a plane ticket to New York. And so I said, am I not going to Lansing? (laughs) (laughs) Does this involve a stopover in Lansing on the way? Uh, So just long story short, she um, surprised me with a trip to New York for my 40th birthday. Um, got to see a buddy of mine who I hadn't seen in seven or eight years. We went to a uh, concert on Saturday night. Got to spend a bunch of time with my family. My dad had a, a surgery on Thursday, nothing major. I, actually, I told these t- two clowns before we got on here that it was just knee surgery and they or a re- knee replacement. They both had knee replacements. That's not serious. <laughs> we um, thought it was like a major organ. Like... No, 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 just a knee. And so, and then went to another, uh, another concert last night that I will name drop that one. I went to see uh, Sturgill Simpson at... Um, Music Hall of Williamsburg, 650-person venue, uh, just one of the best shows I've ever seen. And uh, much like The Flock, um, Sturgill just released his album last week, and he's become friends with this guy who, I guess only about eight months ago, had both of his legs blown off i guess he was in afghanistan i'm not sure he stepped or something to do with an ied they got to know each other sturgill's doing six shows at very very small venues where all of the net or all of the uh, net revenue goes to this organization that's supporting soldiers um and their families who've soldiers have either been killed in action or have been have been harmed in action and to help their families take care of their kids and all that so really amazing show and uh Was very bummed not to be there. And I think uh, everyone knows that I was following much of it on social media and chiming in and tweeting away. And um, I got my my favorite thing was just seeing Kyle Griffin in his his (laughs) own supporters pen. pen. (laughs) Um, As I was watching that video, I I literally was just like laughing so hard. And I was like, I got to get a picture of that. Like, he's so out of hand. We got to put him in his own (laughs) pen. Just needed to calm him down, put him in that space. Yeah. yeah. So following the whole thing was, and you guys were obviously killing it. So. Yeah,
0: and so Chris and I were on different buses. Your bus started at 4.58 in the morning with a uh, shot in Dan Fallon's honor since he wasn't there.
2: Yeah, right off the bat, uh, we knew our brother had fallen due to some other circumstances, which he so graciously obliged, you know, his why <laughs> Good man on you. But yeah, sent him a little message, cracked a bottle of Jameson, got the bus moving and the day started. It's the proper way to do it on away days. I mean, I've been to quite a few of them, so I should know the protocol.
0: Yeah. In fact, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about your your voyages with the with the Flock End uh, in today and forward Madison
1: history. And Keith, I do want to say, having been on the minibus with many of the people that were on Chris's bus for this trip, you made the right choice by getting on the other bus. <laughs> Although, it sound so it did sound like your bus got after it hard early right yeah and then this bus your bus was kind of the napping bus so but we then took slowly our, yeah. kind of
0: rolled into action we took our time uh, you know everybody kind of slept uh, early on we you know we we were moving slowly there were there was some chirping on social media I I saw Ian, that. you know who you are uh, <laughs> about how you know oh we I should be on your bus there you guys have already started drinking
1: was there any bus switching I saw some people saying they, People should switch at the at the Lincoln Oasis. Oh, yeah.
2: We got off at the Oasis, and I had a handful you know, of people tell me that they were jealous they weren't <laughs> on my bus. And then, <laughs> and then you guys the showed up one. and
0: stole beer from our bus yeah. as well.
2: I had nothing to do with that. Um,
0: and so they, they swapped some beer. But then once we got basically out of the Oasis, we started up. We fired it up. We we started drinking because we knew it was a marathon, not a sprint. And we were we were ready for it.
2: Yeah. Well, we learned from the best uh, K-Dog, our kit man, you know. You don't got to get ready if you stay ready, so we just stay ready. So they were
1: turned
0: <laughs> early with with three commas right after it and
1: whatever other punctuation you want. And no ats, so <laughs> yeah. nobody actually gets, gets nobody, like nobody tagged in it. Nobody knows a lick it. of yeah. what it's you're his, saying. Yeah, so we Twitter got gold. If wants- anyone is not following K-Dog, K-Daw, <laughs> you are missing out
0: on just Twitter gold. Uh, I mean, K-Dog uh, has become part of the flock Though we wouldn't know it because he doesn't add us on, on Twitter, <laughs> but like Neil was saying, he has all of the T-shirts for every supporters group, yeah. you know, all the stickers, yeah. gets everything you possibly can, uh, as befits, I guess, a, a kit man. He's got he's fully kitted out yeah. for the flock, and we love you, K Dog, and we love your Twitter feed even more. <laughs> even more, yes, sir. Um, we, we got we started going though about uh, an hour outside of Lansing. The song started and we were singing. All the way in, we were we were ready to go. We got in, and uh, at various points at the the cookout, I poured out beer for for Dan Fallon. Thank you. And we can't say I think enough nice things about uh, the folks at from Lansing, from the supporters group there who who hosted us. Uh, met met Weston from the Capital Combustion yeah, Pod. Yeah. Uh, did a little pod chatting. Oh, cross um, content. A l- no cross content. Oh, you just know, we just, did uh... not. You know, talking about some some of the technical stuff what's going on cool. I, I said I like their like their podcast they like you know they didn't listen to ours so <laughs> that <laughs> means from now on I'm just I'm just going on Is off. that true? Uh <laughs> just teaches you a Did listen. he literally
1: say I have never listened to your podcast? He said he
0: tried listening to the first one had some problems with SoundCloud. Um Okay. Uh w- in honor of them, I'll say I'm butthurt. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were. I thought one of the rules of the pod was we were never going to say that on the pod.
1: Yeah, but ironically, take a little bit of a shot at those guys. for Ironically. And yeah, the joke is that they said that on their podcast, and I thought to myself, I'm never saying that on our podcast. <laughs> as long as we can do it ironically, Dan, that's all I care about. Perfect.
0: Um, so I, I really want to thank them, and I have to say... Uh,
1: Wait, can I just ask one question? What about the bus drivers? Does anybody want to thank the bus drivers who had? Oh. Okay. Well, you guys, it sounded like on the way back. Not the bus driver back.
2: You (laughs) You were all in fear of our
0: lives. (laughs) There was some talk. I don't know if you saw this on social media. No, okay. I was like. If they died going off Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, That was the first thought in my head after the first three times he swerved
2: into the the caution bumps on the left-hand side. And I was like, yo, if we die tonight, we're definitely getting a spot on on ESPN. Was he sleeping? And Andrew just chimed in right away. He was like, no, man, we're getting a 30 for 30 (laughs) for sure. (laughs) uh, That does remind me. Of
1: the, uh, I don't think we talked about this, like on the mini bus ride. Uh, you know, Chase Egan, who's the merchandising director for the club, did probably 75% of the driving, right? When yeah. we were on that trip, yeah. like pretty amazing. Of course, I think he figured out that actually that was the most comfortable seat on the bus <laughs> was up front by herself. Um, but he like crushed it, and then one day, Jovan, uh one well, of ticket sales guys, Latino outreach coordinator for the club. Yeah,
2: he, I thought I was a going a over the guardrail <laughs> of the Appalachian. <laughs> yeah, I just like said three and, like and a half days sworn. of
1: never thinking once about the bus and then all of a sudden like, whoa! <laughs> I <laughs> sent something to him
0: on the open practice and of course he denied any knowledge. <laughs> we were of going
2: clubs. off exit ramps at like 80 miles an hour. It was absolutely ridiculous. Big ups, Jovan, though, no, man. Thanks for driving. Yeah, we love you, Jovan. I wasn't going to well, drive, and, so. And, and Jovan, I think also we'll got some the, cheese for you next got time the I
1: I think Chase had it at
0: about... 22 miles an hour the whole time, whereas Jovan, he had the accelerator down. He was getting you moving.
1: Yes. At what cost, though? At what cost, Jovan? Really, though? So, but I want to
0: thank, I want to give them a shout out. Yeah. I want to say that they have a great supporters group because I have to say, boy, oh, boy, does that stadium suck.
2: That's not put it lightly.
0: Yeah, it yeah. didn't look great from what I saw. Um, you know, and I think there were all sorts of, I, I felt bad for them. Um, I feel bad for them because first of all, that club puts no effort into the, the
1: soccer part of it.
0: You know, we still had the baseball netting
1: yeah, I saw that. in front of us, you know, which saved turbo to- from almost killing whoever that was in the front row and yeah. he came running over. to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we can, we can address the issue of like the security guards. Oh yeah. We were- I want to talk about that. I saw some of that on the,
0: um, you know, they were a little over eager, let's put it. I yeah. mean, like the. Like Turbo was opening the door to let us in. Yeah. And they were the, like, they didn't have anybody there. And I saw were,
1: dudes like running yeah. over in their orange shirts. Yeah. And, you <laughs> know. I, be
2: real, it was the first time security at a Lansing a match, match had something to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they said 2,400
0: people at that game. If there were 2,400 people, I'm the goddamned Pope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were not 2,400. Yeah. Well, no longer. Yeah, it's true. John Paul II.
1: And the other guy, oh, he was German, sorry. Oh, yeah, bad one. I don't know what
2: that series of hand gestures was supposed to mean, but you (laughs) should work on that before you do that in public again. It looked like Keith giving a handy. (laughs) Which, with
0: that flamingo costume, I think I could have done. I noticed part of the way through that the flamingo costume was like a giant phallus. Yes. Um,
1: Part of the reason we wanted
0: you to wear that. Yeah, and uh, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, Producer Hannah has left the room. We're completely unsupervised. We may get canceled. Someone else. Wearing that big flamingo costume, I did walk up to Connor Kaloya and I said, you once referred to us as a respected part of the media ecosystem. (laughs) Do you you regret that? (laughs) And he said, I never said respected. I said, important.
2: (laughs) And yes.
0: (laughs) Let's be clear. So, I mean, first of all, they put us, we're... Two hundred tickets. They don't put us on the other end. They don't put us. They put us as far away from the field as you possibly can. We're screened by the netting. You know, you can't hear anything. They don't do anything to adjust that stadium for viewing baseball. Uh, and if I, I mean, you can see why for clubs that are by the fans, for the fans. You know, elsewhere in the the world of lower division soccer why a club like Lansing, you know, why it means USL gets a bad rep, right? Because the folks in Lansing, you know, the supporters are awesome, great, they turn out, but I wouldn't turn out for that. I mean, your club doesn't respect you enough to to figure out to make that baseball stadium function as a soccer stadium if it's putting up temporary seating. I mean, they have a good little area on one end zone, but then, you know, if you're in that – down that first base line – you know, we were fifty yards away from the field.
2: And that was before you even got to the advert boards. Yeah. And then you had to go the extra yeah. five, six yards so to get to it, the touch line.
0: Yeah, <laughs> So I mean, respect to them. I, I hope, you know, they if nothing else, this gets back to the powers that be in Lansing. Uh, you know, the, the running of the club. You know, it's it's running it, it felt like, you know, that Lansing Ignite was there to be something that filled up the stadium on nights when yeah. the lug nuts weren't playing. It was a it, it's a cash grab. And so, I mean, respect respect your fans. And, you know, I think that's one of the things. First of all, we're very, very lucky with Breeze, as we've said time and time again. And one of the ways we're lucky as well is, is came out, Chris, in, in, the, in the matches. It is set up so that it's wheelchair accessible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the club worked very hard to ensure as well in the flock end that there's wheelchair, wheelchair accessibility. There's a reserve spot for the flock end. There are good spots in the main concourse. Mm-hmm you know, for wheelchair accessibility.
1: And that's a stadium that was built in 1923, right? Yeah. And Lansing Stadium, I assume, is relatively new. or been... techno-
2: I think it's considered a modern baseball stadium. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And not to kind of jump subjects, but it's on the same wavelength, is that, you know, Omaha announced last week, um, United Omaha. Don't love the name, love the crest. Um, other than the stars, I don't like stars on crests. But I thought the Owl was cool. Anyway, moving on. They're also playing in a baseball stadium. Now, you know, I've, I'm getting the impression from their owner, who's kind of engaging on social media, came out here. I think he was at, he was at an MLS game this weekend. I think. Okay. Oh, LA. I think he was at the LAFC game and kind of talking about he's going around to some of the best supporters groups in the country to learn from them. And I'm, I hope he's taking that all to heart. But my other concern with them is like minor league baseball stadium out in the suburbs, like what's, you know, what kind of atmosphere are they going to get? And early returns, it sounds like they have a good pickup on tickets and people are jazzed about it. And I'm looking forward to an away day out there. Um, But, you know, it's, it's kind of disheartening to hear about, you know, a huge match, right? Like Lansing going for second place. We're trying to get in the playoffs. You know, a lot of hype around this match with us bringing 150 people there. And it sounds like it was, you know, I'm sure you guys had a good time, but a less than than positive fan experience inside the stadium.
0: Yeah, and so the the issue there in terms of the fan experience was the only sort of wheelchair-accessible seating was all the way at the top, as far away as you possibly could be. You couldn't, I mean, in that soccer stadium situation, you could barely see the pitch from up there, I mean, almost. And so the, the flock end, you know... All moved up in the in the stands. Hashtag Bree Stevens East. Hashtag fla- Flock End East as yeah. well. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I guess your hashtag got over. I got over. You know, it just <laughs> didn't fit on a sign very well. Dan, I'm not good at the social media. By the way, follow noted, us noted. on Twitter. Forward's back. What two?
1: <laughs> Chris apparently hearing our Twitter handle for the first what? time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's actually the handle. Yeah. Uh, don't leave Keith in charge of social media stuff.
1: When Twitter said, can we suggest a name for you, Keith said, sure.
0: Yeah. How could that go wrong? That Twitter seems like a really well-run company to me. (laughs) They're not letting our president just tweet out whatever the hell he wants on there. Uh, So uh, complaints about the stadium aside, again, thanks to the, the supporters groups in Lansing for welcoming us, for cooking the burgers, for bringing in a keg. Uh, you know, all of that great stuff, really appreciate it. We had a great time, great march over the stadium, Uh, appreciate that. Let's turn to the match itself, because, you know, it was a big match, and I think, uh, you know, uh, kind of some big, interesting changes going in. First of all, Wyatt Olmsberg appears like Jimmy Chitwood in Hoosiers, (laughs) (laughs) just out of nowhere, walks in. I I imagine him, like, coming in off the farm to, to Coach Shore and says, Coach stays, I play. Coach goes, <laughs> I leave, and so Daryl says, "Yep, you're in," and puts him in into the back line. And then, uh, you know, the other kind of point of concern uh, was Brian Silvestra left; uh, could couldn't be in the match. He had trained on Thursday at the open, tra- open <laughs> training, yep. and then uh, just didn't feel he could go. So, you know, Ryan Coulter started in goal. Uh, some trepidation, I think, on on the part of the fans
2: there in the stands there, Chris. Uh, I mean, we love Coulter. We know that Silvestre is a solid keeper. He can hold his own. He always will. But uh, we like to see our Irish lad play, too, and we haven't had enough of that. I haven't, at least. Um, As a keeper myself, two very different styles and variations of goalies. Uh, But they both are workhorses, and I like to see them both go. Well, and I I think as well, you know,
0: I was thinking about Coulter, and he's, he's a bit of a goalkeeper's goalkeeper, right? You don't see the big flash saves from him, but when you need him to make a save, as he did you know, in the 85th minute, he comes out and pulls it out. So I felt I, I was less worried than, than folks around me with Coulter stepping into the net. And
2: I'll tell you, I have, haven't been worried once. Yeah. In the variations of goalkeepers, going into a match, I know who our, our lads are, and I can sit easily with either one of them in the post on any given day. Yeah, and so uh,
0: Coulter turned in a, got, got the clean sheet, turned in a great performance, and was helped by uh, Dan, as you fer- referred to it in a, a, a text message to me,
1: as a tactical masterclass. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think um, if you just look at the stats of that match, um, starting with the possession, it was very heavy to Lansing on possession, I think almost 70% uh, possession. And then you drop down a level you look at shots and shots on goal, and I think we ended up with 17 shots and seven shots on goal. They ended up with uh, one shot on goal and... Two shots on goal. Two shots on goal. Uh, sorry,
0: one shot on target. Yep. And then two shots two shot actually overall. attempted inside the box. Otherwise, all the rest of their shots took place from outside so the So
1: very HL. clearly, we had a way we were going to play this football match, and I think that's huge credit to, to Daryl and, and to 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 kneel,
2: I guess. I, I mean, I'm not yeah, sure. we shouldn't...
0: He didn't show up today, so should we give him credit? I mean, he doesn't even have his B he license the lost Zizou.
2: Yeah. He looks like Steve Zizou's lost <laughs> child. Coming Can out we, of that Lansing match with the mustache and the oh, beanie I, on. I, lo- I love the mustache. It's fashion. <laughs> it was fashion also, week Lansing. Also good fashion.
0: <laughs> I have to say, shout out for those... Uh, and I'm sporting my uh, Saint-Étienne Lecoq Sportif top, but I like those Hummel... Managers' tops with the yeah, of pink, same and The navy sleeves; those Indeed. were fine. Yep. those were good looking. Yep. Those are slick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like you said, you know, they they and what they did is they played w- what you might call a mid midfield press, right? And and I thought, you know, we've joked in the past about Don Smart's defensive work rate. Uh, every once in a while, but he put in a put in a shift in the midfield, and he and Paulo both squeezed in very very tight. And between the two of them, I mean, I think we had 18 interceptions overall. The two of them must have had four or five apiece. I mean, just a, a great shift from the two of them cutting off supply and, and kind of clogging that midfield.
2: I think we really saw that playoff drive from the Lads in Lansing. There was just something else deep inside every single one of them. They were digging deeper on the sprints, staying with the play, not giving up, chasing balls down, chasing men down, marking well, closing down, like you said. There was just something that was a little more theirs. They showed a little more hunger, I feel, personally. And,
1: and they were going to need that. I mean, you know, I think we were all quietly confident. Like last week, you know, we draw in in Tucson. and. You know, I was like, okay, nothing really changes. Now we just got to go get a win. And I think all week we're kind of thinking, yeah, we, we can go get a win here. But the reality, as I said earlier, like this is a team that had not lost at home since April. This is a team that hadn't lost at all in 14 matches, something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, they have been the form team in the league over the last few months. You're going to their place. They really only need a draw to get done what they need to get done. I mean – You know, as the week kind of progressed, I was like, "This is a pretty, this is this is a big task." Like, and I, but it felt good that everyone seemed pretty calm about it. Like, I I didn't, you know, Neil, even last week, it didn't seem like anybody was too worked up about like this is. It's going to be a tough place to go get a result, but we think we can do it, and I think that reflects it in chris's comments that yeah. there was a belief that they could get the job done if they put in the work and and executed the plan that said mm-hmm. all the same kind
0: of a nervy start and we were helped uh omsburg hit one back that uh Coulter had to handle almost a little bit of an an own goal and then uh Metz again from from Lansing had a pretty good chance in the, in the seventh or eighth minute there where he was pretty wide open. His, his shot on goal was just atrocious and was, was cleared out. I mean, it was kind of an embarrassing (laughs) shot, quite frankly, Uh, a shass almost, if you will. (laughs) Um, and so fortunately that was that was cleared out. And then the other kind of nervy moment early on was there was the injury to Tenorio, which uh, we've learned from sources close to the team, unfortunately is uh, season ending for Danny, which is a real blow because he was finally mm-hmm. working himself back into shape. I think you saw his graft and his hustle. He and, and, and Josiel Nunez in the midfield were... Uh, or in the midfield, you know, in that ten role, we're starting to gain an understanding with one another, and then to have this happen. I mean, our thoughts go out to to Danny, but uh, Brian
1: Brian Bement Ooh. Brian Beeman, Who, Brian, my boy Brian, that's uh, my dog. I got yeah. so just <laughs> I got Keith texting me, and somebody else tweeted in very quick succession, or maybe it was another text actually from maybe from. Uh, the New York City Mingo, NYC Mingo, that Bement was putting in a shift, like because um, I didn't get to watch it live, and um, so it was clear people were responding to whatever Brian was doing as soon as he came on the pitch.
2: Yeah, right? straight from first whistle, that kid was on one. You could see it just in the way he carried himself onto the pitch. First sprints, he wanted it. I think that resonated big with everybody else as well. Not that they didn't have that, yeah, but to see him come in straight off the bat put in that shift and be willing to do it for the whole 90, just yeah. get it done. That definitely added a and, little bit and of And the other
0: thing is, you know, when you're playing this this kind of tactical game plan that that they had put out, I mean, there's a little bit of nerves, right, when you lose a guy like yeah. Tenorio who mm-hmm. you're expecting to play a key role in, in kind of clogging up those supply lines. And Bryman came in, and they and they really didn't miss a beat. So I think that also helped calm, calm the nerves a little bit. Uh, and then... You know, that that first half was very tight. A lot of interceptions. Turgid. Turgid. Uh, I mean, I think forward had a couple of chances, you know, in there. I noted uh, Manley hit a couple of crosses, again, down the right, and a couple of of wasted chances. But uh, I want to – I think we should take credit for this. We finally – got around to, to crediting J.C. Banks for his his contributions. And I think we can start calling him Mr. October <laughs> because JC, J.C. had a match, didn't he? Uh, one of the finer celebrations I've ever seen in <laughs> USL League One. But, uh, you know, talk a little bit, Dan, about that that goal. Uh, yeah. You know, Bement
1: plays the ball out wide, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a great pass. I mean, you know, turn in the middle of the pitch, the, the pass takes out. Two defenders, um, and you know, Carter puts in a good ball, a little deep, um, but just what we talked about last week with Neil. Um, you know, JC gives you this tactical discipline in the middle of the field, where he allows the other players around him to get forward and to be creative and to interchange and do all that stuff. But then there's he's not Eric Leonard, right? He's not a six. He's an eight. He also has to offer something going forward, and he's popped up in the box like time and time again this year. And there it is, like. He's in. And he that, sees that Brian Bament has dropped in. He yep. steps in front of Brian. He makes the run, and he's standing there on the penalty spot to smack in a goal. And I it's mean,
0: that later run. It's yep. that midfielder's run. It's yep. not the forwards run. It's that second run that he gives you. Yep. Um, and it was, and it was just there. And he just clashed it,
1: in and it was, it was awesome. Yeah. I and mean, we talked. I mean, Neil said last week, if he yep. keeps getting in those positions, one of these is going to fall. And and this was it. And talk about. A good time to step We've up. We've been and... really nice to Neil, and he's not <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Are we going soft, Dan?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I mean, Fallon did come in reversed Keith roll with his Back to the Future shirt tucked in. <laughs> it's all like, all denim. Oh, it's not. It it's absolutely like like, it. He is oh, wearing. Oh, he's just a, getting a little round some some in the, the tummy. Of, That's I am a. dead round in
0: the tummy. <laughs> it, it is some sort of uh, uh, Canadian tuxedo he's got going on there, and then. It's Back to the Future of Country, which was, is even wider.
2: future country. Oh, whatever. You just bumped a point up on the heckin'. And- With a DeLorean
1: yeah. on it. Oh, man. <laughs> L- love a good DeLorean. This and- is great. Hey, Do you know what it brought- all went to charity. What, what brought DeLorean down? Poor design. 86 shitty 86
0: Mets. How cocaine? He got into dealing cocaine <laughs> to the Mets. Yes. How does that
1: bring? Wait, wait, wait.
2: No, wait, not to the Mets. Wait,
0: wait,
1: wait. Not I don't, to the Mets. I'm not a financial advisor, but if you're dealing it, how does that bring you down? That should he that got, should increase your got, bank account. He got
0: busted by the feds. and Oh, uh, OK. Yeah. I understand that part. Yeah. And that, that was kind of Wouldn't the end. this
2: be the second week in a row that the Mets and cocaine got brought up? <laughs> true story.
1: We are required by law. Anytime. This is a Mets cocaine stand pod.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Dan in his early 20s. Oh. Zingers. That's untrue. <laughs> That's uncalled for? Yes. <laughs> it's untrue. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself, Dan. Uh, without the Mets. Uh <laughs> So Lansing very clearly realized something was wrong. Uh, They had gotten, you know, kind of locked up in in that midfield battle. And so uh, coach uh, of Lansing, Nate Miller, whose Twitter bio reads, believer, husband, father, coach. Uh, Subbed in Kyle Carr, who had some floppy ass hair like Dan in his (laughs) early 20s, actually. And uh, took out basically two center center players, and really the problem was they were getting zero width, and so that that sort of tactical substitution, I think he got he got he got worked a little bit, um, you know. In the three five two, usually you've got those wing backs giving you the width that never really happened. Um, After that kind of seventh been a chance, they never got any of that width. Instead, everything was basically taking place in the width of the the center circles. Um, And so that didn't seem to to make a chance. Also, I would say our Kyle Carr in the flock end put in a better shift than their Way
2: better shift. Just
0: saying. Yeah, way to go. Big ups, black dial. (laughs) Way to go, (laughs) Kyle. We're we're very proud of you. Uh, And then uh, as the match went on, you know, forward absorbs some pressure deeper and deeper like the boss that's a early 90s hip-hop reference for those of you playing at home <laughs> um, but then you know again in in there what is what does jc banks do burst through out of the midfield gets a gets a through ball gets hit soft penalty or no uh, penalty
2: okay oh yeah clear pen yeah, there's a pen. there's no way yeah as soon as you see it it's Clean is clean, clear yeah. as day, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a foul. It's a pen. Yeah. yeah,
0: It should have been 2 nothing. It should have been a classic Jose Mourinho at Chelsea performance, I would say. Yeah,
2: it should have been. And I'm not going to say I want to dethrone my king from Kingston, but I think something needs to be done now. Yeah. Whether it be the technique that he uses when taking said pens or if it be him in general taking said pens. I'll, I'll be bold enough to say that.
0: One of three so far on his conversion rate. Uh, you can't blame this one on the the flock end,
2: <laughs> chanting because right. you guys were
1: at least about 500 yards away at that point. Right? Right. We
0: were actually the, the match took place in Lansing. We were in East Lansing, <laughs> uh, so I don't think I don't think you can blame you know the, the flock end for that. I would I would say most of us are maybe of the mind that uh, somebody else should take them. JC Banks. Uh, I'm in favor of JC, though. I also subscribe to the... I have a little
1: bit of concern about if the guy who was fouled takes it. I don't... That's never been something that's bothered me. I mean, that's like saying something stupid that I can't think of another analogy (laughs) to make. Uh, Oh, boy, Dan, I'm glad to have you back
2: to the pod. I'm playing at peak I'd be like
1: saying, like, the guy who gets fouled doesn't take the freak. I I don't
2: know. I really feel like that only applies you, like, 11 street football in Wingra or something. Do you know what like I, will I got fouled? I'm taking I, I it. You have it, a penalty it. taker.
1: He takes it right.
2: no matter what. What, it, whether what he I gets will f-
0: say is I don't think it applies to Mr. October
1: J.C. Banks because oh. that guy,
0: just cool as the other side of the pillow, as the late great Stuart Scott used yeah. to
1: say. Yeah. No, um, I, I think it's – I mean, I'm sure they're having that conversation this week. Um, I would think we would see a change if we get another penalty would be Would be my guess. Um, cause even last week, I think we talked about the penalty last week and I think I actually re listened to the pod and I said it was a good penalty. It was a good penalty cause he scored it and he got the keeper to go the All other right. way. It was, it was actually probably not even hit as well. As the one Don hit this weekend, at least this weekend had some pace on it. Keeper made a good save. But, Cleveland made a great save, yeah. But last week, he got also
0: the keeper to Cleveland, go the wrong way. And Cleveland looks young enough that his mom I was just going to say, game.
2: the <laughs> whole time he was on our side of the pitch, I was like, this kid's like 16. He looks like a baby. Mom, no Dad, can I can I borrow the car? I gotta go to the match. I gotta go to the match. <laughs> Did you pack my lunch? Is there crustables in there?
1: Don't tell them North Texas. <laughs> They'll be all over that. They gotta replace that weird old guy who they had in goal yeah. the last time we played him. Yeah. Keith and I talking about like somebody should call the police. That old man shouldn't be allowed to hang around with all these kids. <laughs> uh,
0: so then uh 85th minute. You know, they get their one chance on goal and and Coulter's up to it. And Mm -hmm. again, great great performance. Anybody that uh Chris or Dan that
2: you thought we may have overlooked that maybe unsung hero in Carter Manley. I think Carter Manley really put in a shift over the weekend. Uh it's putting bodies on people with the ball, You know what I mean? Whether it be offensively or defensively, he was there ready to throw a shoulder at somebody, ready to throw a tackle in there, could keep the ball moving in the right direction. I liked his his performance.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, we sometimes, uh, we have uh, gone pretty hard in favor of Carter Manley because I think he really gives us something down that right wing. He had a couple of good crosses. Again, you know, the lead up to the gold came, came from Carter, but his defensive contributions, and I think, you know, as the season has gone on, Defensively, he's really he's, he's really, really picked improved. it up. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Yeah.
2: Up. I like how quiet he is. Also, you know, he lets the the work on the pitch do the talking, yeah. and off pitch, he just lives a really seemingly humble and quiet life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think
1: we've probably pointed out a couple of the people I would point. I mean, you know, Ryan Coulter stepping in in a big game like that. I agree with Chris, though. I mean, I think our goalkeeping situation has been just phenomenal all year with. Dane St. Clair, Ryan and and Brian. I never really you know, sometimes you're like, oh, that person's playing today, that guy's playing today. I never am all that concerned about it. All three of them are very good goalkeepers. Right. Brian Brian's been in incredible form uh lately, but you know, Ryan stepped into a job and I think that again speaks to their professionalism. Yeah, I was just um, gonna say to to, you know, Coulter, I think that's peak professionalism. Yeah. I think- He's and that he's doing in. two things, right? He's yep. coaching, and he's ready to step into, like, our biggest match of the season right. and make, make the one save he needs to make. And that's,
2: yep. Yep. Oh, as Chris,
1: Chris sitting next to me knows, like, that's the worst thing about being a goalkeeper. You might have to do anything the whole match, and then it's like. But the then one, that
2: one moment, it comes down save. to just you, and, yeah, yeah you got to be ready. Yep. Um, Chris is
1: allowed to talk about his playing career. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't host <laughs> the pod. Yeah. Um, and, again, I just want to give a shout-out to Daryl and Neil, I think. Um, Maybe less so to Neil right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a, you know.
2: The Jacques Cousteau's th- nephew. <laughs>
1: the good thing and the bad <laughs> thing about forward Madison, right, is that like we're the best club in the league. Obviously, we have the best support. You got 150 people coming, but it also adds like a, an incredible amount of pressure to what mm-hmm. they're doing. And so, again, in a, in a week like this, so much build up. You know, the fans are coming to to put your team out there on the pitch with a clear way you're going to play execute that exactly how you want to execute that, completely nullify one of the best attacking teams in the league and get the result you need. And I think if you saw Daryl's reaction on the one video, Hmm. I think you see how much it meant to them, you see how much it meant to everyone associated with this club, and I just want to give both of them a a huge round of applause. More so to Daryl. More so to Daryl. I he
0: actually has his coaching license. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, and we're, we were in last place at one point. Yeah.
1: Um, and and we've been on a great run of form.
0: And again, 18, 18 22 guys that had never played before yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And molded them into a unit. And, you know, Dan, you can also pat yourself on the back because it, it came from the mysterious uh, episode five where you said this, you know, but after the the, the previous match in Lansing, Dan. You said, "Stop conceding, and what
1: have they done? <laughs> They've stopped conceding goals, um, yeah, and, and you know good, and been on a been on a run, yeah, and i uh, you know I would looking back, i know we, we'll talk a little bit about what's coming up this weekend, but you know, I think first season made the playoffs uh u s l league One, last team standing in the u s Open Cup, I mean, I'd feel pretty good if i was if I was daryl, I'd feel like you know. You've kind of met some minimum requirements, but it's been a successful season. We have a way that we play. I think it's changed a little bit over time. I think, you know, we maybe have gone a little bit away from that kind of build up possession football in more recent weeks where we, we have kind of settled into a, a counterattacking style. Um, he may argue that there's some variations in there, but they found a way to get the results out of this team. And um, yeah, let's let's roll to, roll to fucking Dallas.
0: So before we get to Optoly, I, as always, go literary to sum up the, the, the match. Usually I do it up the top, but this week went with Emily Dickinson from her 174th sonnet where she said, "'Tis so much joy, tis so much joy. If I should fail, what poverty? And yet, as poor as I have wanted, uh, ventured all upon a throw. Have gain? Yes. Hesitated? So this side of victory. So Emily, with some, some encouraging words of joy for us as we get ready for the playoffs.
1: And I have a counterpoint this week for Keith, because I'm getting a little tired of this. So I'm going to go a little more, a uh, little more working man with Sturgill Simpson quote, even with the most finite planning, you never know what the final result will reveal itself to be until it's staring back at you. And I de- dedicate that to the flock.
0: Thank you, Dan, I'm not sure what that means. That was
1: the first quote I could find when I Googled Sturgill Simpson quotes <laughs> while we were doing the pod, and it seemed to work. It seemed to work. Uh, speaking of seeming to work, uh, let's turn to Opta Lee,
0: <laughs> who has some statistics for us this week in, in Forward Madison.
3: This is Opta Lee, bringing you yet another segment I'm definitely proud of and definitely didn't record in secret to avoid being labeled an idiot. Last week's 1-0 win over Lansing meant forward has now gone 13 straight USL matches, allowing only one or zero goals. On the season, they've conceded less than once per match on average, allowing only 26 goals in 28 games. That's second only to Greenville, who have allowed just 22 on the season. I might be returning to an old well here, but it's odd to see Greenville manager John Harks so committed to people not scoring for once. Looking ahead to the playoffs, Madison will visit North Texas, the team responsible for inflicting their heaviest league loss, 3-1 on May 22nd, as well as providing forwards joint-largest league win, 4-1, exactly a month later on June 22nd. North Texas is coached by Eric Quill, who, unfortunately, does not appear to be an adulterer, so I don't really know what to say about him. In fact, I, I think I might... I'm kind of losing my edge. Uh, I mean, Eric Quill coached for the Houston Cougars. Uh, his defender Cesar Mario played college for the Charleston Cougars. Uh, goalkeeper James Moore was a University of South Carolina Gamecock. Maybe there's something there. I I just don't know anymore. Well, this is Opta Lee signing off with an existential crisis. Enjoy the stats, everybody.
0: All right, now let's turn things over to talking to our guest today, Chris Fox, as we do to, to kick off this. I'll start uh, the 1459 14 now. 1459. <laughs> you you told me why, right? Yeah, because no, after I. After 15 yeah.
2: minutes. There's only a certain amount of time before certain words slip out. <laughs> <laughs> so and, I'm not trying to let those slip out on this. I so thought it was some like once,
1: on once you're on for 15 minutes, you like have to get paid like union scale. Like uh, there's like you know that's when it kicks in.
2: <laughs> no, it's just a 15 minute window before uh, my explicitives start to slip. Got it.
0: Um, so we, we we want to ask uh, as we do, what were you doing on this day in Forward Madison history? Which one? This day? This day? Yeah. Like, so generally, last generally, September, October. Last September, October. Oh, how were you getting ready,
2: man? I wasn't really. I had barely spoken to Andrew maybe once or twice. Liam had told him to kind of pull me in because he knew the work I did with the local Madison Blues, Chelsea organization, whatever. I was still kind of skeptical. I'm not going to lie. For a while, I was still just like, I'm not sure if I'm buying in all the way. I'm not sure if I'm going to feel it, waiting for things to kind of keep rolling. But then once I sat and spoke with Andrew and I realized that him and I were like the Mike and LP of Madison, once <laughs> forces were combined, he literally after that one meet, we had to sit down and it was done from there on. I was like, all right, let's get it.
1: He's a special man, Andrew. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. He is.
0: He is kind of shout out to of- my football
2: wife. Andrew, Andrew Schmidt.
0: <laughs> he's got some. He's got a little bit of LP in him, I think. He does, yo. Down to like the sleeveless vest, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, To the yeah. hat, the hat cocked to the side a little yeah. bit, like yep. the steez is right there, he, yeah. He, he could, he could run the jewels. I, I want to get now the two of you. Yeah, yeah doing we the run is. the jewels. I've been telling
2: him that from I think Snowpiercer. I'm like, man, do you realize that you and I are? Like <laughs> 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 That's us, man. Also, apparently went back into the studio to record their their fourth album. So. Yeah, man, super stoked on that. Big up to yeah. Gabe, their DJ, who's also from Madison. A Madison, dude? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, awesome. And
1: just and just to be just to be clear, uh, Andrew and Chris are exclusive because on the the minibus tour, I shared a room with these two guys, and there was some some beds sh- moving around. Actually, I should say Chris is exclusive. Chris would refuse to share a bed with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so I true. assume that was out of, a, I assume that was out of fidelity to Andrew. Nothing to do nothing with Nothing to do with you. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah. So no, nah, you just got to pay to play, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's for sale. How much is it, handy? <laughs> oh man. A one nil win. Uh, <laughs> that was,
0: yeah, we haven't even gotten into making jokes about oh, the, man. the rivalry. Do do. Yeah. Yeah. I think th- Everybody on the bus knows all of those jokes, and they were all worth every moment of it. So once you sort of Andrew kind of brought you in, once you realized that you were, uh, you know, separated at birth, brothers from another mother. Uh, what 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 kind of things did you start? brainstorming of how how did you want to make your imprint and and where did it go from there?
2: Ha uh, well he asked me to start trying to give input as kind of a pseudo creative director for upcoming merch, which kick me ideas, you know, just bounce brainstorm off each other. What should we do? When should we do it? Should we drop it like an official clothing line, or should we just? And you have some experience with that in kind of personal life, right? yeah? Uh, other lives. Well, right? yeah. I mean, I've rep for companies, done design for other companies, whether it be local. Uh, I was rep for Skull Candy for a while. Yep. I've done some other work with skateboard brands, as I've been a part of that life my entirety. So it just kind of felt right at home. Plus, I get that Madison's got real two two real vibes. There is that very homemaker. Where I live, raise my kids vibe, but then we have a good, solid community of kids who are out here pushing that fashion sense and want to be deep in that street culture and express themselves a little more and stay away from that kind of vanilla aspect of Madison because Madison's pretty vanilla, let's be real. That, that,
0: that brings up, I think, something very important that Dan and I
2: both want to talk about. The heckin scale, <laughs> the heckin scale, man. Now, disclaimer. Speaking of vanilla, <laughs> disclaimer. I did not create this heckin scale. Big ups to my coworkers at work. <laughs> um, yeah, so you give, feel free. Feel free. No, 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 no First <laughs> of all, how do, you, how do you spell heckin? That is a H-E-C-K-I-N apostrophe. And, and where does the term heckin come from? Uh, I I don't know. I'll have to ask my mom. Because she's one of the only white people I know outside of y'all. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I think it, the the very w-
0: vanilla culture. There's no swearing. It's like what the heckin', you what know, the heckin', or
2: the oh, you know, o- yeah, yeah. yeah it's o- just kind of one of those Midwestern homegrown like expressions that comes out of the Midwest, especially in the northern Wisconsin. You get those northern folks that come down. Hope oh, let me slide right past you and grab the ranch. You know it's just.
0: <laughs> and so I think Dan and I. Added, <laughs> I prefer <for> Catalina. Uh, <laughs> Dan and I added our own little little twist to it, because so I can were, get as
1: much ketchup as I can. So onto my we were salad.
0: discussing, and like the heckin' is basically a ranking of how vanilla white, how brand. white you are. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah so we'll d- just we'll break it down. On. How
2: white you are? Chris yeah.
1: came over the one time in the flock end and started telling Keith and I where we landed I think this that. was the day
2: of the the tucked in polo. It may I think been. it probably And was. I had to it, it tell you that you were falling right in line On this this, this and, <laughs> and you said it was from 0 to 10 Yeah, <laughs> and you guys took it from there yep. <laughs> I think it was you, Dan He was like, but wait, doesn't it converge on itself If yeah. you reach that perfect well, my level point was of was that, that can...
1: I, My point that was that 0 or 10 Wasn't, like, whiteness At least in this context Of this scale <laughs> Seemed to me to be a uh, uh, a boringness a kind of middle of the road and i said so shouldn't the perfect score be a 5
2: yeah and you were absolutely right and i've ran with it ever since and
1: what what <laughs> basically what what happens is
0: dan and chris get together like they did on the on the bus trip and they they mock me <laughs> And True. they've decided that I am basically a perfect five on the heckin' scale.
2: Actually, I'm pretty sure you two decided that between the two of you alone. <laughs> yeah. I just sat back and watched the greatness go down. <laughs> that's all I did. So, I just sat back and was like, yo, these white guys Kentucky. are just out here telling each other how white they are. It's <laughs> <So laughs> like my life was that, almost complete at them. That Chris,
0: that's what we do at the meetings. You're whiter. No, you're whiter. You're even whiter than I am. <laughs> Oh, we're both so white. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also decided the whitest pair of shoes ever: uh, LL duck boots. Yes. Like you may see a, a black person rock a pair of New Balance. Never, never. And, yeah. and Kanye now is taking like the nurse shoe and yo, like yeah, trying to go these... high fashion Crocs. Like yo, Kanye, up- calm down. Yeah, Kanye, Kanye <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Well, oh <laughs> man. Kanye really wants to make America great again. <laughs> so yeah, what, and
2: shoes unwearable. <laughs> at, at what point did the
0: the kind of idea for the Featherstone Flamingos enter into your consciousness as well?
2: I mean, since I was a kid, you know, being whether it be back in the UK or here in the States, once you leave a certain level of football and it becomes that pay-to-play, the whiter it gets because the less accessible it is to certain kids yep. of color in certain areas... And you're not getting football pitches built in underserved neighborhoods. There's not. There's basketball courts. You know, there's goalposts for American football. But there's no football pitches anywhere. So I've always felt like it was a need for me to push these sports, like skateboarding. I've been doing it my whole life. But I was one of the only black kids in Madison when I came back to the States doing it. And I felt the need to project that. Same with Featherstone, man. Like, I'm here. I've been a football head my entire life. There are so many young people of color here—black, Latino, whatever it may be—who want to play football and want to learn more about the game, but all they're fed is American football, basketball, baseball, and whatever the hell else people are paying attention well, and, to. Here. And
0: the kind of overwhelming whiteness of American foot uh, soccer culture, right?
2: Yeah, and- yeah, and it's the world sport. And if you look at the world, how much you know—the percentage of the world is not of a super high tone. You know, that play the sport. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, well, and I, I think as well, you know, the same things that appeal about basketball, that you huh. basically just need a couple of guys right. and a
2: ball. It's Anywhere you go. And, Anywhere you go in the world. You yeah. don't need to speak the language. It's like smiling somewhere. I can go to Japan tomorrow, crack a smile at somebody, and they understand that. Yep. I go to Mongolia tomorrow, I drop a ball on the pitch, motherfuckers know to kick it.
0: <laughs> and and <laughs> <You know>? it's <laughs> funny that you mention, you know, that. Like... Because, uh, <laughs> NYC Mingo taught in Mongolia, played Did he? football with the, the folks in Mongolia. I had yeah. no idea. Um, yeah. That was just a random I, pick well, in the well, hat. I'm here to <laughs> tie, tie the threads together. That's why I'm the
1: brain of this podcast. Well, yeah, and I, you know, um, like on a different level, but, you know, when I, I moved back to New York after college and that was, you know, I, I'd always loved soccer, but it was really hard to consume it in the late, mid-90s, late-90s, you know, Champions League here and there, you know, MLS the whole like penalty dribbling shootout thing. I was like, okay, not doing that.
2: Super weird. Um,
1: You know, just certain decisions MLS made early on that just didn't appeal to me because I was kind of, I I guess even then I was a little bit of a purist. I don't, I don't think, I don't know. It just didn't, I was like, why are they doing that? Nobody else does that. Anyway, fast forward, moved to New York, living in a very, you know, diverse city, getting to meet people and talk about football was like this common language, right? Like no matter where you went you know, I'd meet somebody from another country and, you know, say, hi, what do you do? And then say, hey, do you, do you support a football club? And boom, like, there's the entry point. And like, you know, so many of my friends and people that I hung out with. And, and that's why I'm so excited that it's happening here. And I, it's also getting me to meet people I wouldn't necessarily meet around Madison otherwise. And it's like, it, and I think, Keith, you know, you put up a very very nice post on Facebook about why Saturday was so important to you. If you haven't seen that, everybody should go find it. Um, but I think it speaks to this like universal language that like everybody can be a part of this, <laughs> and that it can bring people together on a very
2: different level than than you can in other in other ways. Yeah, and I feel like if you're going to feel underrepresented in your own city, the last place you should feel that is at a sporting event around people yep. trying to celebrate the same team that you're down with. So, just in on my, that note, I knew yeah. it was something I had to do. You know, I'm raising young African American boys. One so. <laughs> of them has,
0: has one of my favorite names, Kingsley. Yes, my dog. Name.
2: and he's been rocking it in the flock
0: end
1: this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, and so that also, you know, children. W- w- what is the the future for the Featherstone? How can people who want to help with the the overall aims of of the Featherstone get involved? What else? You know, what else can people do?
2: Man, just come holler at us. Shake hands with us. Let us meet you. We'll let you know from there. Other than that, our main goal... Yes, coming Chris in is the-
0: never shy about letting you know
2: <laughs> lots. <laughs> Ever. And ask JP, I'll tell you if I don't like you either. Also, with
1: producer Hannah now gone, the first time Chris no. <laughs> had her boyfriend, he was wearing a, uh, a plaid... Uh, red and black flannel, flannel. Joint. Yeah. And Chris said... Yo,
2: motherfucker, you just cut down a tree? <laughs> Didn't even shake the kid's hand.
1: <laughs> I was like, that's fine. That's it all right. Well, cool. that's- um, and- on
2: that same note before we pushed forward, the first day when I told you when I met Matt Andrew and had that yeah. sit down, after he told me his story about his trials and tribulations, I was like, oh, so you're pretty much the poster boy for Life Alert. <laughs> that was like the first, one of the first things I ever said to him. And he was like, yo, man, once you said that, I knew you were like a real dude. <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? <laughs> like... <laughs> So uh want to thank Love Chris you. for
1: coming on. Dan, any last thoughts uh, playoffs-wise? Yeah, well, I mean, listen, we're going down to Dallas um, or wherever it is in the suburbs of the Metroplex. Um, Frisco, Texas. Unlike Frisco, Houston, you don't have you. to fly into George Bush Airport.
0: <laughs> no, you way, get to fly a, into
1: something, DWT or Dallas-Fort Worth. DFW. DFW. D-F-W. Um, I'm really not very up on my Texas... Uh, Airport codes? Shit. Um, <laughs> but you know haven't beaten them there the first game uh we didn't beat the, them there right the yeah. first game that was the one we lost on the the pk in like the 95th uh, minute
0: no 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 they beat us 3-0 we got a nope, pretty no first game was 1-0 yeah the first game was that the super one-nil. late yeah. pen. and was it was a late bad. game
1: it was in the rain yeah. Um, yep. and right. it was it was a penalty that yep. was a penalty i remember there were some people getting Grumpy after that game, I was like, "That was like the most clear penalty I've ever seen." Um, Yeah, then they get yeah, but it it was almost ninety seconds after the
2: extra time was already up. Correct, correct. That was our great. All right, all right, right. fair (laughs) enough. Now Uh, I'm remembering.
1: Dan, Dan, if there's one thing near and dear to your heart, it's you know timekeeping. Yes, four minutes of extra time that that seemed reasonable. On, on Sunday or Saturday, Saturday, so, yeah, yeah, that was great with me. Yeah, it's you know, there was mm-hmm. a penalty kick, there was you know, things yeah, going a on a couple of injuries, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that stops. um, but going on the road, um, you know, they haven't always brought all of their players up here to play against us, so this is going to be a big match. Now, here's where you hope the experience that we have, the buzz that we're going to have going from going on the road to Lansing and winning that match kind of carries through this week. Um, you know, obviously. That's, I'm really sorry for Danny because he was really starting to come into form. But, you know, guys got to step up. Brian showed he can, he can put in a shift, and he's going to probably have to go do it again this weekend. And, um, yeah, it's a huge match. Again, now, the, now this is the biggest match mm-hmm. in the history of the club. In the history, yeah.
2: So, Chris, any, any
1: comments about that? You're heading down, right? Heading down.
0: And, uh, and you are one of our leading road warriors. Putting well. some more miles
2: yeah. on the odometer there. How many away matches? This will make seven. Yeah, six was Lansing. Uh, it's primarily Richmond, yeah, myself. St. Louis? St. Louis, Richmond, Chattanooga, Milwaukee for the one. Then Lansing. What was the one I'm missing now? I had him in order earlier, but. We threw you off. You, and did, you did throw you, me did you off. Did you do the Marquette scrimmage? No, okay. I missed that one. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm Marquette, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> not excited to see that go down.
1: Although that was a day where I, I think you and I talked on the bus ride over there. It were like 50 people on a school bus for a scrimmage. And I was like, yeah, this shit's going to be real. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this yeah. is, and people sang and chanted the whole match. I remember being like, all right, yeah, this is going to get turnt.
2: Yeah. It's definitely getting, it's definitely getting a little rough. Please. Shout out, shout out to my wife for dealing with me <laughs> being gone so much. Um, it's definitely getting a little rough. Does she listen to the pod? Thank you for letting Chris. She on does the pod. when I put it on. Yeah, <laughs> I throw it on in the house, and I remember the first one. Well, like, who, who she the could, hell are these guys? Yeah, if she could listen, <laughs> if, she, if, she, if, she,
0: if she if she could listen on her own, so we could get our numbers up. Yeah, know. we got you. All about the ratings. I'm still yeah, trying to teach you how to ratings. use
2: her
1: phone. No okay. listening so. <laughs> parties, people. Listen yeah. on your own.
0: On your own. On your own headphones by yourself. Uh, maybe not at work this week, but uh, a little late in the game for telling people that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're, we're running out of time. Uh, thanks to Chris again. Uh, I have a couple of key points. First of all, uh, this week, Ira Jersey uh, from the League One Fun podcast did confess he may have had some involvement in the giant Episode 5 conspiracy theory. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Is he on the USL payroll? Uh, you know, we don't know. Okay. We don't know. Uh, home sweet soccer. Jason is on the payroll. He okay. writes articles for the website, so maybe.
1: Uh, and I'd then- be con- i be well. I'm con- I was a little concerned last week wasn't going to get out because John Harks would try to uh, get that episode, <laughs> assist John-
0: and just assisted. John, John Harks is always trying to, to to silence us. I think. <laughs> uh, and then Cuba, I love you. Uh, November 9th, podcast pod off seven to nine p.m. Basement of the Argus Athletic Club. We've got the room reserved. Hannah uh, and Labrador, the band, have said they're going to try to put on a little little mini concert after. For the for the folks who come in, Optali is working as hard as Optely works, which is not very hard, <laughs> on getting us a uh, getting us a quiz. So there will be a quiz competition, an Optely team trivia competition. He won't be there prizes. in person, or will he? He will be there. Oh my gosh, Optely will be there. Uh, talk to Luke as well. He's going to get his pink flamingo slushies Ooh. as the drink special. So things could get a little out of hand. Uh, I, I believe the word uh, K Dog would use. Would be turnt. Comma, comma, comma. When I say that word, it sounds like a hate crime, doesn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like you're really trying to keep that five on the heckin'. Yeah. You're uh, not trying to move either way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> on the I'm just a perfect five. <laughs> Pronounce uh, every letter. But I love Kuba <laughs> like this week this. because his father brought us
0: Polish uh, breakfast sandwiches. They were fantastic. Uh, with there was that, some
1: cucumber on them,
0: uh, a little pickle.
1: Okay. Little oh. little
0: pork tenderloin, Ooh. and you get that you get that carry gold, and you get it thick. That real that real butter, and you get it thick. That European style. Oh, and uh, had he's not lying though.
1: That's a five on the heckin scale. <laughs> yeah. The little pork
0: pork <laughs> pickle and butter on and, a sandwich. And afterwards, uh, <laughs> I would say follow Lauren Shishostanyak's Instagram <laughs> if you want to truly see me fiving it up on the on the heckin'
2: scale cuz I did dance on the bus ride back. I'll give you a perfect 10 on the pronunciation <laughs> of the last name. <laughs> Too you see the too many vowels for oh, me. You're going we're you're gonna, gonna, gonna take that, that ten away when he the it. No. <laughs> oh boy! So there were a couple uh,
1: people on the bus just staring straight ahead while Keith danced in the flamingo outfit. They looked like they couldn't get off of Highway 69 <laughs> fast enough.
0: It was beautiful. <laughs> uh, did it did it to Little Lizzo. Did it to the Little uh, Gucci Mane and uh, Black Beatles with uh, Ray Ray Okay. Is that I think I'm. Don't look right? at me.
1: I don't know. I'm looking. Shout at out both to of L- you. Shout out to Lizzo. Lizzo coming to Madison yeah. Friday night. Sold out show at the at the uh, at the uh, Sylvie. That's so uh, I, uh, until next that.
0: time, we say playoffs. And Practice. <laughs> uh, forwards, <laughs> not backwards. Upwards, not forwards, and always turning, uh, turning, turning towards freedom. Five on the heckin
3: scale.
2: 15 old white folks just itching to get inside this athletic black body. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: man.
1: Is this recording?